Amen. We can go to the word of the Lord today. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel 17, start reading in verse 45. The word of the Lord says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. You see, the battle was already run right there in his mind. He knew that God was going to give him the victory. Sometimes you got to just get your mind made up before the battle even wages on. And, hey, God's going to bring me through this. The Lord will deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee. Take thy head from thee, and I will give thee the carcass the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, into the wild beasts of the earth, into all the earth, that they may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took thence a stone and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, uh, simply The Turning. The Turning. Amen. Uh, Turn to a few people and greet them as you're seated today. Amen. This is, uh, obviously, this is a holiday weekend where we are uh, celebrating our independence uh, as a new nation uh, over 200 years ago. Uh, Tuesday is that day, July 4th, 1776 is when uh, the Declaration of Independence was officially announced and uh, we said that we are going to be our own people in our own country. But uh, it started before that. Uh, obviously, the official day is July 4th. But uh, it so happens that uh, on this day, July 2nd, is when the Lee Resolution uh, was adopted, uh, the, is known as the Resolution for Independence. This was the formal assertion that was passed by the Continental Congress on July 2nd, 1776, which uh, said that these 13 colonies uh, were free and independent states, and we declared ourselves separate from the British Empire, and obviously we became known as the United States of America. So on Today is when the resolution was passed, and then it was uh, officially announced and explained uh, two days later. 
uh, as the Declaration of uh, Independence. And here we are still celebrating our independence, still celebrating our freedom and our liberty, even though there are people and, and entities out there that want to take away uh, our freedom and liberty. Uh, there's always going to be a people that raise up and rise up and fight for freedom, and I'm thankful for each and every one of them. Uh, and so we are here today because somebody else paid the price. And, and who are we to take advantage of that and, and, and not give back and, and pour back out to it? But we all have a, uh, our place. We all have a, a calling, uh, not just in this world, but in the kingdom of God, because we are also free today because somebody else also paid a price, a spiritual price that we can be free from sin, free from the grips of, of death and hell and the grave. And Jesus paid the price so that you and I can experience the liberty that we have today and so we have to give back and pour back out to him uh, thanks and, and and dedicate our lives to him for the fight of freedom because the fight is never over is it there may be times where we enjoy parts of it and 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 and, and moments without war and, and hostility and fight and fighting but there's always is a, a war that is waging on and uh, the, the Declaration of Independence, even though it was a beautiful document that was written, that wa it, it just wasn't over after they declared that on July 4th. In fact, that's when things really start to heat up. The war was formalized and it intensified after July 4th after hearing that these colonies, these states, are uh, boldly declaring that, hey, we're going to be a free people and we don't care what you have to say. We don't care what the government uh, of Britain has to say, that we are going to be that. And so uh, the war that was already started there began to intensify and began to go, uh, greatly increase because of the Declaration of Independence. And so anybody that desires to be free, I'm here to tell you that there's going to be a struggle because of your desire to be free. There's going to be a war waging against you, against your soul, against your rights, against your life. If you want to be free, because whoever has a hold of you or doesn't want to let you go, but I'm thankful that we serve a God who is greater than the enemy, that the hand of God is greater than the hand that the enemy has, that we can turn to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith, and that we know that if there's going to be a war that is waging, I'm going to be on the winning side. I want to be on the side of the Lord. I don't want to be on the losing side anymore. I was on that side for so many years, and it got me nowhere. But thank you, Jesus, for bringing me to the right side. Thank you for bringing me to an apostolic church where I felt the power in the presence of Almighty God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty here to set you free from your bondage, set you free from your addiction or whatever troubles have you abound. There is liberty here. And as much as we just want to come in and declare a uh, victory and declare our independence and declare our freedom, we have to do that. But we have to also understand that when we do that, things may intensify. 
Because the, the devil doesn't want to lose another soldier. The devil doesn't want to lose another soul that he has in his grips. But I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful for the blood that covers a multitude of sins. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost that is filled inside of us. I'm thankful for the waters of baptism that we go down in the name of Jesus and it washes away all of our sins. And if begins, we begin entering into that spiritual battle, that warfare that is waging because we declare and desire to be free and God will do whatever it takes to set somebody free if they truly have that desire. There was a man of the Gadarenes who, when Jesus went across the sea of Galilee, met him. Uh, but we know the story of the man, how no man can bind him. They, they, they'd make the strongest chains and fetters, and they'd bind him. But he had so had a legion inside of him that, that he would break everything and, and tear every chain asunder, and nothing can control him. But uh, deep down inside, he longed to be free. And I'm glad to tell you that Jesus heard his soul crying out all the way across the sea and said, Hey, i got to make a stop over here because somebody is declaring to be free, wanting to be free. And when Jesus stepped on that seashore, he came running down. And what does the Bible said? He came worshiping him with it and is sitting in the clothes in his right mind. If you want to be free, there's nothing that the devil can do to hold you back because the power of God is here to release you from whatever is holding you back. But you've got to be willing to make that declaration that I want to be free. Amen. And to be free, amen, is a whole new life, isn't it? Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, there are battles. Yes, it's not always sunshine and, and, and rainbows every day. But uh, I'm thankful that uh, the, the, to, to be free in the Lord, he's going to be walking with us every single day. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. That I am free from my past. I'm free from that sin that had me bound. I'm, I'm free from that old man that I used to be. I'm free from my old ways that I can live unto the Lord now and, and worship him. Him and magnify him and, and so there is a struggle but we have the power inside of us to defeat the enemy the bible says that we have uh, just one of us has power over all the enemy just one of us with our mind made up we can defeat the enemy and so what is it going to take for a whole church to get our minds made up that nothing's going to be able to stop us when our minds are made up and we get in one mind and one accord amen this city's not going to understand what's going to happen there's going to be a, a shock wave of revival that's going to go throughout this city why because just one of us has the power of the enemy amen and so when we get together Amen. As they did in that upper room. Amen. There, no telling what God can do through us. But we have to understand that even though we're enjoying this liberty and this freedom from the bondage of sin and bondage of our old, of our old life, the Bible still reminds us that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
Because he's not happy that you left and switched sides. He wants you back on his side, and so he's going to do everything he can uh, to get you back and, and to cause you to, to quit church and get frustrated or get bitter at somebody or, or some little thing, little splinter, get inside and begin, become divisive in your soul, in your spirit, and begin to make way for, for the devil to do something. I'm not going to sell out for something so small that causes me to lose my salvation after all that God has done for me. I'm here to give God praise and going to forget about the past and, and forgive and, and love and, and be gracious to others because God has been gracious to me. Amen. And so we are in the right place where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. And I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to do that uh, when we gather together. And really, really, it doesn't necessarily have to take place right here. If you're at home and you're, you're crying out to God, God's going to meet you right there in that room. He can set you free in your living room from the bondage and drugs and addiction. He has the power to come in through your closet and, and remove all those things, those darkness and the spirits and devils in your house. God can do that at your home, but you got to be willing to say, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free from all those things, and God will be there to help deliver you. Amen. But you do need to be baptized in Jesus' name. To wash away all those sins in that past life, amen, because it's something about the name that is called upon you, that when we are buried with him in baptism, we're buried taking on the name of Jesus. I don't want to go through this life not having the name of Jesus called upon me, not having the blood applied to my life. That's important, and you know, that's so important to have the blood applied and called upon you in the name of Jesus spoken over you, not some titles, not Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There's no power in those names. I need to, the power in the name of Jesus and if I have to be buried with him I'm going to be buried in the name of Jesus because that is where the power is so there's always a war that is waging when liberty is on the table the revolutionary war lasted some eight years and for the majority of the time it was not looking good for us was not looking good for uh, the Americans, the colonialists who wanted to be free, who made that declaration, said, we are going to be a free people. And uh, five years into it, some five years into it, morale is low. There's little victories that are won, and yet uh, they're still fighting for this this idea of freedom and, and liberty from their captives and from uh, being enslaved and, and bondage. And, and so uh, five years into it, uh, uh, they, they encounter a battle in Charleston, and the British take the city of Charleston, which was a, a major uh, city in the, in the south, and it was... It was one of the most serious defeats in the Revolutionary War. And, and, and like I said, was, we're, we're five years into the war, and, 
morale is, is barely hanging on. And then you hear, you get some bad news that Charleston was lost to the British and they taken over that. And, uh, and so uh, you can imagine that there may have been people that just said, hey, I'm done with this. I'm quitting. I'm throwing in a towel. But there, but the colonials still kept hanging on and said, hey, uh, even though we've received some bad news, I'm still going to be hanging on. I'm still going to be fighting for this cause, for this idea, this belief of liberty. And so 90% of victory is just holding on. It's just not giving up. You may not win all the battles, but hey, you just keep on holding on, and you're going to see victory one day. You're going to win the battles one day. You may lose a battle here. Here and there, but as long as you keep on showing up, you're going to see the victory and you're going to win the war as we saw with the formation of our country is they just kept kept showing up. They just kept believing. They just kept holding on uh, that we're not going to settle and let this defeat us, but we're going to keep on believing and fighting. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 says, I returned and saw under the sun. That the race is not to the swift. We think it's to the swift, the fast and the strong and the mighty. No, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. I'm thankful for that because uh, many times I'm weak and I need some strength. And I'm thankful that the battle is not to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. And so this race is not to the swift. It's not to the strong. It's not to the mighty. But it, who it is to, it's to those that keep on holding on. It's to those that just won't let go, that keep on showing up, service after service. Keep on showing up to prayer meeting after prayer meeting. It didn't happen last time, but I'm here again today. I'm here to show up believing that, God, maybe today is the day. You see, we can't do anything about chance. We don't have the power to influence chance. But we can do something about time. Since the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, but time and chance happens to them all, we can do our part with the time because we can just keep on showing up. We can put our time back into it, even though it didn't happen. Hey, I'm going to show up again. Then maybe it's this time I'll be here. Maybe it's this time I'm going to keep on being faithful, even though it doesn't always happen the way that I think it's going to happen. Amen. Time and chance happens with all, and I'm going to do my part with time, and I'm going to keep on holding on, keep on believing. Because what does Jesus say? When you cross that finish line, what did he say? Well done, thou good and mighty servant. Well done, thou good and strong servant. Well done, thou good and, and skillful servant. No, all he says, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. All you need to do is just keep on holding on. Keep on being faithful. Keep on believing, not letting go, fighting for your liberty and the soul of uh, the, the, the destiny of your soul is, is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Man, I think maybe sometimes in our minds, maybe, I don't know, maybe in my mind or something that we think that we're going to, we're going to just 
enter into heaven, fly into heaven with our Superman cape on, and we're just in the best best shape of our lives. And, you know, we're, we're just going to bust down those pearly gates and, hey, we've arrived. But the longer that I'm into this and, and thinking about it, the more I'm thinking that maybe we're just going to get into heaven just, just limping. Just like Jacob. Like, it, it doesn't matter how we get there, does it? It just matters that we make it. And we can be hobbling in, but God, I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting, and I'm, I'm still going to be faithful. Thank you, Jesus, every single day that no matter what happens, I'm going to be here. We receive more bad news. That's okay. I'm going to take another step of faith. Keep on being faithful and holding on because I want to hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus said it's even better to enter into heaven maimed or blind. You just you barely made it into heaven, but hey, you made it, and that's the only thing that matters. Why? You can lose your arm or lose your limb or lose your organs down here. That's okay. You got a new body waiting for you up in heaven, so why hold on to it? Why hold on to it if it's going to cost you your soul? But I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to show up and say, hey, I got to reach for Jesus every single day. Even when the bad news comes, I'm going to still be faithful. So after they lost Charleston, the worst news they can ever hear about is we lost Charleston. Colonials did not give up. They kept on fighting, kept on persevering, and kept on being faithful. And it so happens that five months later, a battle took place that Thomas Jefferson called the battle the turn of the tide of success. You see, it happened five months after hearing, receiving the worst news that Charleston was lost. And, and sure, maybe some people deserted and, and quit, quit the army, quit the fight, but uh, the, most of the army still kept pressing on. And would you have it? To, to believe that five, just five months later, the battle seemed to be turning. There's a turn that took place because they were remaining faithful and true to this cause and kept on fighting. Uh, five months later, the battle that Thomas Jefferson said turned the tide of success. You see, you never know when that turn is going to take place. But if you always quit, you'll never find that turn. But I'm here to tell you, if you show up and you remain faithful, there's going to come a day where that turning takes place. There's going to come a service where God begins to turn things back into your direction. Why? Not because of your might, not because of your power, just because you're being faithful and holding on saying, God, I'm here. I'm here another service. I'm here to praise you. There's going to be a turning that takes place I don't know when in your life but hey you keep on showing up and you'll be able to testify of the day and the time when that turning actually takes place but if you quit the quit the fight you'll never see that turning and so this battle it's 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 amazing how Thomas Jefferson called it the turning of success in the war, but yet it's not really known about. It. Not I mean, not that I'm a huge history buff, but I, 
reading about this, studying about this, and I never really recall hearing about this. But it, it was such a battle. I mean, you would think that, man, we'd hear about it. I mean, uh, so this battle was at uh, King's Mountain. Of all mountains, King's Mountain. You hold on and you keep on fighting. Pretty soon you're going to end up on King's Mountain, the mountain of the king. And that's where a turning is going to take place in your life. Uh, and so King's Mountain battle is where this took place. And this battle wasn't uh, like many other big battles. It was just a small battle. But yet, how can something so small just shift everything? It doesn't, we, we want the big, the big grand finales, and we want the big show and the big move. I'm here to tell you, God can do something, use something small to turn a whole thing around. It was just small battle right here, and the battle, it didn't last for two or three days. It didn't last for a week. No, this battle, that the, the turning of the Revolutionary War took place, this battle was only one hour long. One hour the whole war turned around. You don't need a, a, a huge, massive campaign. You don't need to uh, have all these grand plans. All, uh, it can take place in as small as one hour. It can take place in a one-hour prayer meeting. It can take place in a one-hour church service. It doesn't need to uh, be a huge crusade. All it takes is something small to, for the turning to happen. you got to show up. you got to say, I'm going to be faithful for it. And you never knows when this turning can actually take place. But in a one-hour battle, the whole war turned around. The war did not end right then as we want, as we want our, our battles to be over and saying, man, that's it. No more fighting. Even though they had this huge victory here on King's Mountain, the war still went on for almost another two and a half years. But what was important was is that the thing shifted, that the success turned to the colonialists and that, that we were now on the winning side simply because of this one little one-hour battle uh, and it turned the, the tide of victory towards our side. You see, we want, we want complete victory in, a, in, in one church service. And I'm not saying it can't happen. It can happen. It has happened. But many times, uh, all God's looking for and all we may need to look for is just a slight turning, uh, a slight shift in our life, well, a one-hour prayer meeting or a declaration of faith, and we can see God begin to do something uh, great in our lives. But we got to make sure we're faithful. We can't wake up and I don't feel like going to church. You know, that could be the day where the turning happens when you decided to sleep in or, or you weren't feeling like going to church. I want to make sure that if any time I can, I'm going to be there because that could be the day where the turning takes place and I want to be there. I want to be found faithful to see it happen in my life. Victory may not always happen right away, but what does happen is a turn. A turning will take place. I believe there's going to be a, 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 a turning take place here today in somebody's life. 
If you're, if you're really serious and committed to it and you're willing to walk down it and, and, and give your heart to God, a turning can take place today in your life and you can walk out and uh, going on a different path because it doesn't have to be something big or grand. All it needs to have is a simple little turn in your life and all of a sudden we can see the turning tide of success uh, headed your way. That's why the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices over what? One sinner that gets baptized, no, that gets filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say any of that, does it? All of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Why? Because that's a turn. That's where the turning begins. And they, heaven knows that once that turn happens, they're on a trajectory. They're, they're head, eventually, they're going to be in the waters of baptism. Eventually, they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Not because of some big thing happened. No, a small turn took place in their heart, and they began to turn to God and, and cry out to repentance. And, and that's when heaven starts rejoicing because of that turn that takes place, which is really what repentance means is turning, turning from your Ways turning to God, and so uh, we need uh, we just need a turning in our life. As much as we want the uh, and everything to come to pass, and boom, a miracle, boom, done in there, there, and moving on to the next thing. Most of the time, it doesn't work that quick, but it does work with a turning, and that's all. If we can get a turning, that means we're going in the right direction. Amen, amen. And so that one-hour battle at King's Mountain. Turn the whole war around because General Cornwallis got really frustrated. He was, uh, he was the, with the British, a general with the British, and he got frustrated with what happened there. And uh, another battle that happened uh, a few months later, he got real upset. He said, well, I gotta, I'm going to go and do something about it. I'm going to head to Yorktown, and I'm going to really do something about it. And if you know the history, uh, Yorktown is where General George Washington met up with Cornwallis. And, and Cornwallis ended up surrendering at Yorktown that it really put, put the whole world, the, the war at an end, was there at Yorktown, even though it kind of still went on a little bit. But that was the, 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 the decisive blow that happened to the British was a surrendering at Cornwallis at Yorktown. And he surrendered at Yorktown. Why? Because of that small turn that happened uh, many months ago on some mountain called King's Mountain. And sure enough, the, the turning of the whole war happened because of that one little thing. You see, you never know what can happen in a church service when you show up. You never know what God can do in your life. And yeah, we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and, and God's going to do them. But uh, if, if we can just get a turn to happen in our life, if we can get a, a turn from our situation, we can really begin to see God do something great that we're looking for. And so in our text, we see kind of a similar situation, really a, a, a similar turning that took place. Because for 40 days, Israel was lined up facing the Philistines. And for 40 days, the one that was swift and the one was, that was mighty and the one that was strong would come out and, and, 
uh, entice and, and mock and make fun of the Israelites to send them a man to fight them and whoever would win then would be the victors of that battle. And so for 40 days, Israel sat huddled and scared uh, in, 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 in their tents, and they would not go out. They were paralyzed uh, with fear. Uh, that's what uh, fear is going to do to you. It's going to paralyze you. you. You're still alive, but you're not really doing anything. You're just watching the enemy laugh and make fun of you. But I'm here to, to remind us that, hey, we still have more power than all of the enemy, and so we should not be fearful or afraid of what the enemy says or does or what this world threatens to do. Why? Because we have the power that's on our side. And so David uh, finally shows up. He's checking on his brothers, and he hears this taunting go on. Well, it's really one-sided because Israel's not responding. They send out the herds of crickets to, to respond to, to, to Goliath. Uh, and so Israel was, was just bound. They were bound and paralyzed and uh, uh, shackled in fear, and they could not do anything. They... Uh, they were there, and they needed a turn. They needed a shift to take place. And everything happened when David shows up. That turning finally took place. And what did, what did David show up with? Did he show up with a tank? Did he show up with an aircraft carrier saying, we're going to wipe you out? No. Well, all he did was he took one stone, one small stone, the, the, a stone about this size, Turn the whole battle around. You see, we want these big, massive guns and big, big tanks and big missile launchers and all these things. God doesn't need, that's what the enemy likes to show off and flex with. But God says, hey, let me take something to make a fool out of them. I'll take a little rock and I'll turn the whole battle with just a small, smooth stone. And so David defeated Goliath with a sling and a stone. All it takes is something small to go, to launch out in faith, to turn the, the, the direction and change the directory uh, trajectory of what is going on in your life. And so uh, all we need to believe is that uh, God can do something today. God can do a small change, a small shift, a small turning, and we can be see a great victory happen tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or next week or Saturday. It doesn't always ha take place here, but what needs to happen is a turning. If you haven't turned to God, you need to turn to God today and let God uh, put you on the right path. And so what happened was David ran out and faced Goliath, ran to him, and we, and we know the story. Uh, David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. That's all he needed, a sling and a stone. Philistine slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Remember, David said, I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't even have a sword. That's how confident David knew was in God is that I'm, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to share it around everyone. He didn't even have a sword. All he had was something small, a little rock, but that's okay. All God can use is something that you offer up to him. You don't have to have the best gifts. You don't have to have the best weapons or best tools or, or best skills. No, all you need to say, hey, God, this is all I got. And God said, hey, that's enough for me. Let me take that stone and let me launch it in a, a, towards that giants of that enemy and the enemy will fall down why because of what God can do with something small and turn things around 
And so therefore David ran, verse 51, and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him, cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. You see the turning that took place. And the men of Israel and, and Judah arose, shouted, pursued the Philistines. Just, just an hour before, they weren't doing that. An hour before, it was the Philistines that were rising up and cheering and saying, hey, we're going to defeat you. All it takes is one small shift, one small turn, and a small smooth stone. And all of a sudden, one hour later, we see the Israelites rising up, and they're, they're on the, uh, uh, chasing after the Philistines, and they fled. The men of Israel, men of Judah, rose and shouted, pursue the Philistines until they come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sharem, even unto Gath and even unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. Amazing change of events that happened. Not with something big and mighty, but with just a small turning and pretty soon the whole, that changed everything. That, that changed the battlefield. That changed the trajectory of, of Israel because uh, obviously they were uh, being harassed and oppressed by the Philistines. But not after that. Not whenever David showed up with that sling and that stone. That's all he needs uh, in the hands of God. And God can do anything. And so we see this, this change, this turning take place time after time in, in the word of God. And we see it evident in our life, too. We know we may receive bad news. And as much as we're praying against it and we want the, all that bad news to just to go away and disappear, uh, many times uh, it does not. But what happens is, is there a turning that takes place. And, 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 and it may take uh, more time than we think it should take, but that's okay. As long as the turning happens, uh, I'm going to be with God. Let God do what he wants to do. Amen. And sometimes if that, uh, we, that may just be a, something that we have to deal with uh, that keeps us humble. Not every thorn that God is going to remove in our life that we ask him to remove. Sometimes God says, hey, I think that one needs to stay. And as much as we not, may not like it, that's what's going to probably going to keep us coming back, right? Keep us being faithful. God, whatever you have to do, help me to be faithful. Whatever that is, however that looks, help me to be faithful and keep on showing up and, and not to give up. And when I hear the bad news or get down about it, but I'm going to remain faithful uh, because I know a turning is going to take place. We see in... Um, one another more popular story in the Word of God is is when Moses shows up to deliver the Egyptian or the Israelites out of the hand of the Egyptians, and we know as we've seen in if you were here for that message uh, for the Josh Herring talking about um, Pharaoh in, in Egypt uh, going through the twelve uh, the ten plagues. And we know that the first few plagues that the Egyptian uh, magicians, they actually did what, uh, what Moses and Aaron did. They, they mimicked that, and they, they reproduced the, the snake and the blood and the frogs. 
And so right now, you, you got in Moses and Aaron's minds like, man, what's going on? It's like a volley, and they're just kind of back and forth, tossing the ball over the net. We're, we're doing this, and the, they're responding back. And we do this, and they respond back. And nothing has changed in this. The, we're at a stalemate here, and actually we're losing because the Israelites are still being captive, and no progress is being made uh, in this. And so, But then a turning happens. A change takes place, and that is with the, the fourth plague uh, where God told uh, Moses, he said unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that they may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And so they, they did so. So Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod, smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and beast. And all the dust of the land became lice throughout the land of Egypt. And the magicians did did. Uh, so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there was lice upon man and upon beast. Now, the funny thing is, during this first few parts, is the the magicians are they're proud that they are that they can re- respond with that. And uh, yeah, we we turned we turned water into blood. Well, why would you want to do that? We just turned all, Moses just turned all the water in Egypt to blood, and, and you found some fresh water, and you say, well, look, I can turn it into blood. Why would you do that? You just drink the water, right? Even frogs, frogs are coming out everywhere. Why would you say, we want more frogs? And so here they are with this. The, the land is covered with lice, and they said, let's try to get some more lice out here. We don't have enough. But they, they, they try to do that. The, the, the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there was lice upon man, upon beast. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And so this we see here is the turning that took place. Where Egypt and the magicians confessed and said, well, we can't, we can't do this. This is the finger of God. And what was it? It wasn't anything big, was it? It was a lice. How big is a lice? Is, li- is lice singular? Is that how you say it? a single lice? A louse. A louse is a single lice. So a louse represented the finger of God. All power in heaven and earth was represented in a louse. And yet that small louse, that small uh, creature was where the turning took place. And then the Egyptians were on their heels after that. They could not compete. They, they confessed that this was uh, the finger of God. And so lice is what turned the battle in, in Israel's day that led to the victory. Uh, and so, again, it doesn't have to be anything huge. All it has to be is a, a small, smooth stone, or, or maybe a single louse can be the thing that, that represents the power of God in your life and your situation. But that little thing can cause the turning, which eventually will lead to the victory that you see in your life. And I'm thankful that for, for the turning that happened. And I, I want God to do more little things in my life because it's the little things that begin to shift and move me around and see all these turnings take place. And, and so Jesus kind of likened it as he said, 
If you want to move that mountain, go get all the big caterpillar machines. Go get three million pounds of dynamite and start boring in, drilling in, doing all these cranes and, and excavators and stuff. That's, that's the way we think if there's a mountain in our way, that's, that's what goes to our, our natural mind. That's how we're going to get rid of it. We're going to blow it up, and we're going to destroy it. We're, we'll bore right through it. We'll, we'll get around that mountain somehow. But Jesus says, no, you don't need all of those things. All you need is a mustard seed of faith. That, that's kind of like a small uh, louse. That's all you need in the hands of God. And you got to keep on, you got to hold on to that little thing like, it, like it's your life depends on it and release your faith uh, into your situation. And that little mustard seed of faith can be the turning that takes place in your life where you begin to see God begin to turn your battle towards your favor and see what the victory that lies in store. I mean, musicians, if you would join me. The Bible, again, is, it seems like it's full of a lot of these turnings where Israel is always the underdog and they're, they're always outnumbered and they're always, uh, you know, uh, struggling and they're always can't keep, they don't have the best tools or best weapons and all of these things. And, uh, and so... That's where God likes to show off these little stones and say, hey, I'm just going to use a stone or I'm just going to use a louse to, 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 to bring the world's superpower to its needs it was brought down by a louse. And so we see a, another example where uh, the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites for seven years. And, you know, being oppressed is, is hard enough, but... Just adding to it is when they're they're growing their crops and it's you're you're ready to to reap the harvest of your crop. The, you work for uh, 60, 90 days for that harvest to come and it's right there and finally it's harvest time and the midnights come in and clean out your harvest. Talk about being oppressed and being frustrated. But we know during this time that God called a man to help deliver the Israelites from the hand of the Midianites, and his name was Gideon. And we know the story of Gideon and his, his 300 that went against tens of thousands of Midianites and, and got the victory. But I, I, I want to show you that it really wasn't the 300, even though that's, that's quite the battle, that's quite the odds, and, and quite the demonstration of God's power with only 300 men defeating all that. I would uh, submit to you today that the, the turning of the tide in Israel's future did not happen with the 300. But what was the turning was a simple doormat. The doormat was the cause for the turn. You see, because Gideon was struggling in his confidence and his faith in what God has called him to do. And he says, Lord, this doormat I have here, let there be dew all around it and not on it. Come out and there it is. And well, the next day, let there just be dew on the doormat and no dew around it. And, and, and sure enough, it was a doormat that convinced Gideon that God can do anything. 
And so it was a doormat that changed the course uh, of Israel's history as future simply because a doormat. It, it was that doormat that gave him the, the, the strength and confidence. Hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to battle. Uh, I'm, I'm going to win that God, believe that God's going to do something simply because of this little doormat here, that this fleece that I asked the Lord about. And uh, God gave him 30,000 and whittled it down to 300. And yeah, that's where the battle started. But it actually, the turning point of it all was that fleece was that little doormat. And so as much as we want uh, the uh, as much as we want a heavenly host on our side to come and fight us and and come fight with us against our enemy, uh, the Bible says that all we need to do is submit ourselves to God and then resist the devil and he will flee. You see the battle is not ours. We want to jump in and engage in the battle. Not every battle is ours uh, ready to fight. We just got to make sure that we're willing to to submit ourselves and let God uh, we we offer up a little thing and let God handle the rest because he can do more with a with a little stone than we can do with all a whole arsenal of things. What usually happens is when we have so much stuff and cool stuff and gadgets or whatever to think we're going to go and and be triumphant, we really mess things up, don't we? we the, bi- the more things that we have at our disposal, the bigger mess that we make. And so that's why God likes to keep it simple. Let's just, hey, let's just whittle it down. Let's just use a little little louse or let's just use a doormat or let's just use uh, a little stone. Uh, that can be the cause of the turning of the whole situation uh, around. And so we don't have much to offer God, but that's okay. God just wants somebody to say, hey, here I am. Use what I have, Lord, and hear my voice and hear my cry. And he can answer that and use it for the turning in your situation. Man, if you stand with me today, the drought, the three and a half year severe drought that plagued Egypt or plagued Israel for three and a half years, the drought ended not with a southwest Florida thunderstorm, but all Elijah saw was the cloud the size of a man's hand. This cloud this size was the turning point when the rain started coming. You see, we want, maybe it's, our, maybe it's my mind or whatever, but sometimes we think that revival is going to be a tidal wave. Just bust through here and it, it may happen one day, but in order for that tidal wave to happen, there's got to be a, a small turn a turning to take place in each and every one of our lives because we can't expect uh, the sinners out there to catch on fire for God if we're not on fire for God. You see, the turning first has to take place in our heart, in our soul, in our homes. Uh, the revival fire has to be kindled in our life and, and, and that fire begins to grow and, and, and increase in our homes and begin to spread. That's, that's where the that when it really begins to take off, the wildfire, the tidal wave, or whatever, how you whatever you want to symbolize the, the revival, a latter rain. But a latter rain has to start with a small cloud. We want to hit play, and we want the sky to be filled with, with rain and storm clouds and, and begin to pour out. But the Bible seems to teach like it's not, that's not always the way that it happens. Many times, 
It's just a small turning that shifts the battle of success into our way. The Samaritan city that was won over, that had revival, had a two-day revival with Jesus, didn't happen because of the 12 disciples went out and, 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 and began to set up the tent, began to hand out flyers and began to talk about it. The Samaritan city that had revival happened because of one woman that met Jesus at the well and told her everything. That turned her heart to him. And what the Bible says, she went back and told everybody about Jesus. And, and the Bible says that uh, John 4, 39, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with him, and he abode there two days. Jesus had a, they had a two-day revival, not because of a huge, massive campaign, but simply because of one person that says, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did. And I know we do all kinds of outreaches, and, and we do our best to do these big campaigns, but I'm here to tell you, the, the way that God is, uses, uh, blesses the most is when you and I, just a single person, begins to open up our mouth and say, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. That's the most powerful way to reach revival in this city. It's not by huge amounts of money, huge churches, and huge buildings, and huge youth groups. The way to revival is something small, a turning that takes place where you and I says, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Let me tell you about the name of Jesus. And when I got baptized in Jesus' name and, and came up out of that water and all my sins were washed away, the turning that took place in my heart and my life simply happened with a small little thing. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to do a turning in your life, whatever's going on in your life, come on, would you bring that mustard seed of faith down here and say, God, this is all that I had. God, I received some bad news this week, but that's okay. I've got a little stone. I've got a little louse. I've got a little something that I want to give to you today to lay upon the altar so that the turning can take place. I may not see the answer tomorrow, but that doesn't mean I'm going to not see it ever. I believe that returning has happened in this church, that we're going to see things happen in Fort Myers because of the turning that has taken place now. Come on, will you come? Will you come and cry out to him? Will you come and believe? Release your faith today for what God can do in your life. Come on, God can do anything here today. Let him turn your heart. Turn your situation around. Turn that doctor's report. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let a healing take place. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Come on, let's believe together. Let's release our faith together. Come on, let's bind. Let's pray for one another. Come on, let a turning take place today. Come on, we're going to do our part. We're not going to give up. 
We're going to be faithful. Hallelujah. There's going to be a turning. 